This is episode number 544 with poker champion Fedor Holes. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. John Barrymore said, you can only be as good as you dare to be bad. Ooh, we've got a good one today. It's all about performing under pressure with high stakes poker champion Feder Holes. And Feder Holes is a German professional poker player who focuses on high roller tournaments. He's widely regarded as one of the best online and live tournament poker players in the modern era. He was ranked by Pocket Fives as best online MTT player in 2014 and 2015. And in July 2016, he won his first World Series of Poker bracelet in the $111,111 high roller for one drop, winning $4.9 million. He is currently the sixth highest ranked live tournament player in the global poker index and he has trained other poker players as well now lives in vienna working on a startup called primed mind which is all about mindset coaching to get us into this level of peak performance so we can perform under pressure and what we cover in today's episode are how to detach yourself from what's at stake in your life so you can perform at your best also why the mindset that it has to happen now is so absurd. Also, we talk about the day that changed his entire perspective and when he was able to go all in, how he keeps himself grounded during high stakes moments when all the pressure is on you, how do you stay grounded, and why Fetter is actually getting out of poker at such a young age. Very excited about this, but before we dive in, want to give a shout out to the fan and review of the week. This is over on iTunes. And this is from Kate's the Greats, who says, I like this podcast because of the many different perspectives and personalities Lewis brings on the show. Learning from others who have been there and done that is really eye-opening. There are many paths to the same destination. You just have to find what is right for you. So Kate's the Greats, thank you so much for leaving your review over on iTunes. And now it's easier more than ever right now to leave a review. That's right. If you have your podcast app on your phone right now, you can literally just scroll down on the School of Greatness podcast and click a button to leave a review. It's so easy now where it used to be hard. So uh, anyone that leaves a review, take a screenshot of that on your phone and tag me and post it on your Instagram story and tag me so I can say thank you and uh, answer any question you have over on Instagram story. So for the first 10 people that leave a review, go and post it on your Instagram story and tag me so I can connect with you over there. I appreciate you very much for that review of the week. All right, guys, I'm pumped about this episode, so make sure to stay tuned. Share this with your friends. If you're over on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, the link is lewishouse.com slash 544. So let's dive into this. Let's Learn how to perform under pressure with all the stakes in the world behind you with the one, the only, Fetter Holes. Hey, 
We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have Fedor Holes in the house. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Hey, buddy. Very excited that you're here. You are one of the uh, top uh, ranked live and online poker players in the world. You just won a big tournament, a high roller tournament. What was it $50,000 buy-in? Is that right? Yes. I didn't win, but... You got top three or top four, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, in Vegas, and you've been you know, competing in tournaments for how long now? Um, so I started playing six, seven years ago, roughly. Uh-huh. But these tournaments, uh, like you just referred to, probably like about two, three years. Two, three like years. In yeah, the like high three roller, years in the high roller scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what's a high roller? Is that a twenty thousand plus buy-in? What does that include? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, I think you would say probably twenty-five, twenty-five yeah. and, and higher is like the high roller. What's the highest buy-in that you've done? You've played in? Uh, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand buy-in. Yeah. How many people were in that? Like twenty? Um, no, actually, that was bigger one i think it was 40 40, 40 or 50 people. something like that, 40, half yeah. a million buy-in yeah it was a big that's thing that's crazy yeah it is i mean it's going it's getting bigger and bigger like i think they'll uh, get a million again this year probably um uh, i mean next year but it's there's gonna be like this is just getting bigger wow and bigger. half a million how did you do in that tournament not well <laughs> <laughs> you lost it all yes i did <laughs> lost it all yeah how do you feel when you essentially you know you're not Obviously, you have a little more control, but essentially, you roll the dice and you hope that you land on black and win some money back. How do you feel when a half a million just is emptied from your bank account and a moment is gone? I think there's two things to mention there. The first thing is like you don't put up a half a million yourself, so that's like oh. in this scene, you know, like so it's not all your money. Exactly, you know, it's kind of like you're pooling money in some way. It's like you're getting investors. Exactly. Yeah. So it's basically you're selling action of yourself. 
and then other people invest in you. That's smart. And yeah, because I mean, it's just you know, even even if if you have like a really healthy bankroll, five hundred k is a lot of money to it's put a lot. up. So, so how much of your own money did you put into that? Back and that was I think two thousand fifteen. Um, back then. I maybe put up like twenty five or thirty k. That's it. My own money. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's it. Back at the, back at that time, like I think I was uh, putting up a little too much, actually. Yeah. Um, but that's before yeah. you were making all the big money. Yeah, I mean, I think I was. I was. It's just like as a poker player, we generally like we take this, or I I do. I, I took this really serious of like bankroll management. Basically, uh-huh. not you know like yes, you could fire like a hundred k or two hundred k in this tournament, but I wasn't. You know, it's not about hitting that one bank because i knew like i'm right. i'm a good winning player i just steadily yeah you know if it's this if it's not this one then it's the next one yeah, of course how does it feel when it's someone else's money compared to your money is there a different type of pressure or at stakeness or are you kind of like eh, if i lose it whatever you know i think um that's why it's really important to have very professional investors yeah. Like the people that buy my action, they're like they're not emotionally attached, probably. So yeah, they're not that's, like you gotta get my money back. Exactly, yeah. and that's and that's really a thing. It's it's generally like the thing I experience is that's what poker players are really really good at is like detach themselves from from the money loss or like the emotion. Like it's just you know you buy in, and it's it's not it's not money anymore. It's not like fifty k, five hundred k is like one buy in, right? So I. I put in one buy-in, whether it's five dollars or five hundred, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because I play one tournament, and if I win it, I win you know twenty times my buy-in, and that's that's it. You know, it doesn't. So like, you should play, you should play the same, and then that's the thing where people play completely different because oh, you know, it's like a huge Stays tournament, it's 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 bigger, but you shouldn't. And and I think that's where you can really see the difference between very professional players. Do you think people should play the same in their life, no matter what the stakes are, whether it be you're, you're a speaker and you're speaking in front of five people as opposed to 50,000 people? Is it possible to play the same in that regard too? Or <laughs> th- a business meeting in front of, you know, pitching something to your team versus pitching something to try to bring in business? I mean, what what changes, right? Like Stakes. Yeah, but the thing, like what, what changes from your perspective? You have the same story to tell, right? Why should you put less effort into convincing your teammates, mm-hmm. right? Like it's as important. Like you, you're spending the time, so give your best. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's a kind of the kind of idea is when you decide to do it, do it properly. Yeah, no matter what. When did you start to train your mind to disconnect from the emotion of the money or of the stakes or of the size? When did that start to come in? I think, um, or did you always have it? No, that's. I I think that's also something like that with all these things. It's never like you have it or you don't. And and even right now, you know, just because I've like over really like hundreds of hours, because in the beginning I was, you know, maybe I was a little better than average. But it's not like you know, oh, I'm this Zen guy, like nothing can phase me. It's more like I. I had these moments too, you know, there were moments where I was just like, I just lost 20 days in a row and I lost like 50% of my bankroll. I'm like, God, like obviously in the beginning, you don't, you know, 20 days in a row you lost. Yeah. It's just like, that's a very, very normal thing. You play too high stakes. You like, 
you get tilted like that's a that's a huge thing you're like oh like i can beat this guy like and, and things and then i mean i went broke like a couple of times in the beginning you know you have a thousand bucks or five thousand bucks and it's like you spin it up and then you you break again because you're not such a great player yeah and you think you can compete on higher levels than you actually can and then that's um i think that's the point where you realize oh like you actually you have to be disciplined you have to really like know where you're at you have to know how good you are you have to know how good the other players are mm-hmm. and i think that's that's what you've been referring to is really this this step there's never enough of you know this is like an endless process right now there is probably a lot less things that you know really get me tilted or like i'm like uh this really sucks mm-hmm. but there's still things so like i'm constantly and and i actually created this routine around it so it's like okay i when i grinded a lot online and I, back back then i was really playing you know, all the time. Well, like 10 hours a day online or? When I played, probably probably like that. Yeah, like yeah. 10 hours a day. And then I, I really feel like I spend time with poker 80, 80 hours a week probably. Like talking. Dreaming. Yeah, yeah, everything about that, it. Like, minimum, you know, that's the thing. Like when I slept, like my roommates told me I, I was talking about hands, you know. <laughs> And uh, all in, all in. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Oh, where, where, God, where, where am I? Where am I? What, are you? <laughs> what happened? And then you know, it's and also your setting changes like this, right? Like you attract the people that are have a similar mindset, mm-hmm. and I think that's also where I've, like, generally where I'm good at is like attracting people because I'm, like, I'm I'm curious about you know what do you have to say? Do you have you know what's your opinion? How can you? So I, yeah. I build this network of like interested people in poker, and then the whole topic is always poker you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of weird looking back at it now because it's like you didn't do much else than like you know and right. then i like traveling and like i like sports but it was more like when you know when you were in this that's that's, that's all that matters. you guys are yeah. obsessed yeah. yeah yeah uh and what got you into poker in the first place what was the curious moment i think in the beginning it was just you were like what like 16 or 17 when you started yeah so 16 17 yeah about mm-hmm. that and um in the beginning it was just a home game with my friends and like, in school, all my friends were, like, two, three years older than me. And so, we started this game, and they were like, I was losing, const- I was constantly losing money. I was like, two euros, two euros, you know? Yeah. And so, I was, okay, this is enough. Like, and so, two of my friends, two of my really close friends, they made money with it. So, they were playing online. They were, like, 19 or 20, 21. Making a few thousand dollars a month or something. Or exactly. Yeah. And I was like, you know, back then, it was like, you're a student. It's like, you're... You baller, you yeah, know. Yeah, you're like, oh, laptop here. It's like <laughs> drinks on me, yeah. and it's like, oh wow, this is pretty awesome. So yeah. I was like, I started playing with them, and um, I would actually say I wasn't a good player in the beginning. Like from most of the things, like I was generally, I would say I'm smart about games, but like the whole package around it of like the discipline and really like taking it serious and grinding it out, they were way better at that. They mm-hmm. were like, you know, reliable kind of, and I was more like. They're consistent. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't a consistent person at that time, actually. And then, in life, you mean in general? Yes, very general. It was more like there was one thing that really hooked me, and I like dove super deep into it, and then at some point I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, like I don't know. something else, some shiny object. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Were, you, then, were you a gamer before? Like, yeah, I, video I, games, card games, everything. board games. Yes, anything. everything that challenged my mind, I always loved it. Like. Yeah. Played a lot of video games, played chess. Um, yeah, I played tons of games. Everything that was like, oh, like I want to. Yes. Okay, cool. And when did you start to see like, oh, actually, I'm not that bad? Um, <laughs> I think that started 
about when I turned 18. 18. So, so a couple years like, later. Yeah, like one, two years later, I was like, okay, like I got in touch with the community. You know, you started being in forums and yes. like chatting, like, you know, Skype was the thing back uh-huh. then. So you're chatting with all these people and um, reading a lot of books as well or just actually I've, poker. I've read half of a book yeah. about poker. It's like, I, I, and that's the thing in poker. I think the game <laughs> progresses so fast. Yeah, everything changes. It's yeah. like a book. There's a couple books right now. I'd say maybe two, three books that have really good fundamentals, mm-hmm. but way better to talk to people because then you get like that. And play and experience it and get feedback right away, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So you started to realize when you're 18 that it started to work a little bit. Were you just making a little money or was it mostly online then <laughs> or was it I mean, just, I started... all your friends were broke because you were taking all their money? <laughs> no, no, actually not at all. I was still, I would still say I was pretty on the lower end at that point. I was like had it having some success but still like having these kind of like outbursts with like, ah, you know, like oh, why am I doing, what am I doing this for? Because at that time I finished school with 17 and then uh, – started studying and played at the same time kind of. And I was like... Studying in university? Or, yes, yeah. university. And so it was like in school, I, I wasn't, a, let's say, I wasn't the best student, um, like really skipping a lot of classes mm-hmm. and sleeping and all that stuff. And uh, somehow because teachers liked me, kind of like I got through it. Sure. Um, and then started studying and, and all my family was like, you know, you got to kind of started taking things serious uh-huh. now i was like okay like this is what i'm gonna do now and I actually i was really like okay i'm gonna force myself now i'm gonna do this and so it's kind of like what did i study i think you call it like computer science uh-huh. and god it was like it drained like after four months i was like i couldn't you know nothing worked anymore i was doing this for like 50 60 hours a week it was really a very competitive very hard uh study actually mm-hmm. and then I was just like, I got ill for one week and I, I was just, okay, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. It's like, no, you know, no socializing, not much socializing. I was just like, oh, weekends, you got to, you know, work or like learn some. And, like, <laughs> and uh, I just felt like, you know, I was mediocre. I was like somehow passed, was mm-hmm. maybe like the top 10% or something. Yeah. And I worked so hard and I was like, okay, I, my, I just cannot, I cannot do this. Yeah. If I put so much time into something and I'm not, you know, Excited about it and growing, yeah. Yeah, and so... So you decided then to go, like, I'm going to try this poker thing and see what happens, or...? To be honest, I think it was desperation. It was really, it was not like, oh, you know, now I have this other great option. It was more like, oh, I actually have no real option. I have to figure this out no matter what. It was, it was like, like, yeah, you know, this was the other thing I was kind of doing all the time. It was like, okay, you know, just... I would say it was more like the next best thing to spend my time on. And then I was like, okay, but at least, you know, now I got to take this serious. Yeah. And that's when I started, I was like, okay, this is like, this is how I do it now. I start from here and I do it like solid Mm -hmm. and it did not work out well in the first year. Really? But the thing that worked out well was like my reputation in the community. Like a lot of people were like, oh, you know, this guy's smart. Like he, he talks smart about it, but like still the way I played very inconsistent. Still, and that's the emotion, emotional part. Like, so you got emotional around things still. Yeah, it's just like you have this absurd expectation. You know, you just you got to be winning right now. So, you know, if it doesn't happen in like the next five months, you're like, that's I feel like how our generation kind of things, or like how I thought at that time too, and I still do in a lot of situations. Is like, oh, it has to happen now. You know, if it doesn't happen in the next three months, so like, how you know, like it's not mm, going to work. Failure and this exactly, yeah. and it's like. Instead of just being like, 
slowly seeing the progress, setting goals, being mm-hmm. like, okay, this is where I want to go. And uh, changing my surrounding to get to that goal. And I think that was the thing that I realized at some point is like, okay, I have to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many bad influences around me where I'm being distracted. Everyone's telling me like, hey, you're a failure. Like go back to uni, university, uh, go study, do something real. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I set this deadline first January I'll quit everything. I left my stuff behind. I was like, okay, like I want to make, you know, at least 5K till that point, whatever it takes, so I can like book a flight, no return, and just like see where it takes. <laughs> right, me. right. So you made it, you made a goal, was that within like a month or a couple months to make 5K? Or? Um, it was, I think I started, and there were two things that happened actually. And that was like, a, I have this day, it was like such a weird day. It was like June or July approximately. And I've been, I don't know, I've been watching like, yeah, May, May, June, something like that. And I've been watching a lot or reading a lot about people that just like do running and marathons and like extreme sports. And my dad does it as well. It was like, just as like, I need some kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I looked at it and I read something and I watched a video and I was just like, okay, let, you know, like if I, because I've never been a person that just does things. I was just like, oh, awesome idea. I've been a dreamer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what a great idea. And like, we could do like this and then, you don't sure, do that. And sure. I was like, you never executed and stuck stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like that was happening in poker too. And the reason why I stuck with it was because there was, you know, like I wasn't really, I wasn't a pretty bad spot. Like no money, you know, like I, I did, I mean, my family is, is kind of poor or like, so or like we never had much money. And then um, like I basically had like a couple hundred euros to live with like a month. And so, it was this this place where I was like, okay, you know, I have to. Then I realized at some at some point it just clicked, and I was like, okay, like I have to change something drastically. And I sat there and I was like, okay, let's just let's just go. And I walked out in the stuff I had on, and I just ran for like an hour, and then I came back, and then I did this almost every like literally like six times a week probably mm. every day running. Yes, and I just went. And the only thing I had was I had to be faster than the day before. Mm. So to really feel this like, you know, I'm progressing. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting somewhere. I'm getting better. And I think this kind of gave me this, okay. And I was like, okay, I cleared my mind in some way. And I actually don't enjoy running, which is really weird. Like enough today, I've, there's like no way you can get me to run. It's just like, oh, why am I doing this? But back then it was really this this thing of getting better at something. And I actually improved my time like a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm going to train for a marathon. Mm. And then I broke my ankle three weeks before. <laughs> but and then I never did it. But um yeah, that was the point where I really felt like something was turning. And then I've got some success. I made more than five K uh in that year and then I, I went on the trip. Right. You went on the trip. I did, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's the biggest obstacle you've ever had to overcome? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's really... There's nothing that really pops to mind. I think it's it's been generally more like stretches rather than like, okay, there's this one thing that I just, you know, can't. Actually, the one thing that immediately pops to my mind is bungee jumping mm. because I have, I'm super afraid of like, not heights necessarily, but more like the idea of falling mm. or jumping off somewhere. And uh, that was the first thing I was like, I just get this feeling right now, like the goosebumps and everything. Sure. Um that took me, uh, yeah, that took me a lot of uh, energy. But um, besides that, I think there was one moment in, or there have been a couple of moments. There's just these moments where you just feel like everything is, I I, I don't know how, how, like if you had this, um, where I was just like, why, you know, why am I doing this? And it was really like for, for a week or two. I was mm-hmm. like, why am I, why am I here? You know, what, why am I doing what I'm doing? This, this has been probably the, the biggest, the biggest obstacles. I was literally questioning every single thing I was doing. And I just like, I didn't know anymore. Like, what am I doing from like forward? And like, what have I been doing all that time? Yeah. I think lack of vision is one of the scariest places to be. If we don't know why we're doing what we're doing or where we're heading, then we're just kind of lost in our mind and so many things can come up for us. Yeah. It's just it's it's mainly because I'm pretty aware of being very uh like always looking for growth. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like I love, you know, these conversations, I love meeting new people. That's why I'm like push myself all the time is like I travel too much. <laughs> um and like meet new people and like I never turn down a meeting. I'm like come by and we meet here and we do that and then that also has some downsides where I just have to take some more time, but it's um it's this question of like when does it end you know what 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 are you doing it for you know like yes you grow but like what is the actual thing that comes out of it and it's this 
that's I think the contribution part where like when is the time where you really feel like you're giving something back and I think that's the part where that I question a lot is like you push that back you know it's like mm -hmm. oh you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna grow and I give back a little bit here and there it's like I you know I, I talk to people as well but then is it why why am I not doing it you know like all the time or way more mm -hmm. because that's you know because that other thing feels selfish and that might actually have some positive impact yeah do you feel like you're contributing back to the best of your abilities no i don't think so what could you be doing to give back more um that is i think that is the the question like it feels like i could be doing more i but i also feel like there is it has to be in the right it has to be in the right way for it to be because i also think i just didn't find the right way yet i just didn't find something where i can combine both things so that i can keep doing it for a longer mm -hmm. time it's more like okay i could you know i could do something now for like a month or two or some time but i i never found a spot where i was like okay this is and maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm the you know, just not pushing myself hard enough. Maybe mm -hmm. I should push myself more into these situations of really like spending time with people. Um, and yeah, I think that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Something to think about. Um, when so much is at stake, how do you keep yourself grounded? Mm, I I think it's the way my I set up my brain. It's really like the way I think about decisions and feelings is very i spent a lot of time on this i think this is probably the thing i spent the most time on um in that regard is really dissecting what are the different what are the different parts of a decision and what are the different parts of that outcome and what makes me feel that way and why did it happen like that mm. so so walk me through the process so you're referring to for example now right like losing money or like losing a lot of money and it's then i'm i think that the big issue people have with this is when it didn't make a conscious decision mm. you know when it's like oh you know you you basically make a decision based on 80 percent this kind of emotional like outburst is like okay you know let's gamble or let's do this and then you're like oh later the rationality kicks in and then it's like they now have a different decision-making process basically and they're like oh why did i do this and i think having this same process in basically like very consistent in all different areas and then being able to reflect on it so it's like why did i make that decision right like why did i make that decision to put up that amount of money do i feel good with that decision right so now it's like okay i put up 50k 100k for a tournament and now i feel bad afterwards about losing it. it yeah and we're like okay why is that right why do i feel bad because i made that decision do i think that was a good decision if i think it was a good decision then i shouldn't feel bad right because mm. the outcome doesn't matter it's, it's just basically this we feel bad if we if we lose and we feel good if we win whereas the only thing that should matter is do you feel good about the decision right because that's how it's going to be with everything it's not like you're never going to make decisions where it's going to be 100 percent right mm -hmm. you know i'm not if if that's how you want to make decisions, you're doing something wrong, you know, and that's that's risk. It's just you, every decision you take has some risk of downside. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's one of the best decisions you made, it might turn into something bad. 
because you just cannot see all the parts of it. Yeah. I see when, um, you know, I've had Maria Sharapova on a few times. She's one of the best tennis players in the world. And I see when she plays at the end of a point, whether she scores or she loses the point, she kind of does the same motion. It's like reconnecting herself. She doesn't like celebrate in a big way and she doesn't get down on herself no matter what. It's kind of consistent. And I think a lot of the, the greatest tennis players do this. They're very consistent in their reaction towards the decisions or the actions that they made. Do you think about that as well? When you go all in on something and then you lose, are you more of a, what was I thinking? Or is it all neutral for you? Your responses are just, oh, I won a lot of money, neutral. I lost it all, neutral. And do you think that's how people should be living their lives? I mean, that's that's a very complex question, I think. Um, and, and maybe two questions, but that's also a reason why I'm getting out of poker. Like, because I think it makes you it just develops you into a certain direction of exactly this. You, everything is neutral. Whereas like, I feel like, cause if you're a roller coaster, it's very hard to manage. It's right? not possible. Yeah. And I think that's also, um, one of the biggest strengths of very good players is that they just super consistent. No matter what, win, maybe a little smirk, lose. Um, <laughs> very different from player to player. Yeah. But I think that was mainly like, because I I spend so much time on it, it's really like this, you know, you you shouldn't be too happy when you win, which is such a weird thing, right? Like, don't be happy, you can lose don't it. be sad, yeah. you know, be a robot, basically. <laughs> yeah. But th- but this is what it leads to is like everything is just neutral, you know, whatever. And then then you actually realize, you know, when everything is neutral, poker is not really, you know, such a cool thing anymore. Because the thing that you're going... It's a lot long hours. It's a lot of long days. Yeah. So it's like the thing then it gets like minimized to is financial interest Mm -hmm. and some kind of mental competition, right? And then I was like, okay, if, you know, if everything else goes away, if it's not about, you know, that thrill of like losing money, winning money is like that excitement. That rush, yeah. Um, that that was just all irrational, you know. It's all this kind of thing that we're we're looking for. We're just chasing, you know. It's just like we all want this, you know. And when you train hundreds of hours of like getting rid of this by like this routine, you know, injecting logic, is like you don't, you know, this doesn't make sense. This is how I want it to be. Worst players have to win because that's what brings money into the game. Focus on making good decisions. Then you realize, oh, actually, that game, you know, is loses a lot of its magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What would you say are the key elements of some of the top players in the world? What do they have? Um, and what have they removed? I think there's that's the thing. That's what I actually like about poker a lot. I think it's a really good training camp because it trains so many different areas. It's not only playing a card game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I think yeah. it is very different to something like chess. Because there's you miss out on all these other aspects around it. Like in poker, it's a lot about networking. It's a lot about um a lot more about money management, which is like and there's very few areas that are like this. Mm-hmm. And you have to run your own business. You know, like there's no one that really takes care of you. There's right. no like you you do you. You know, you're your own kind of entity. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of money involved in like a wild, wild west, uh, like wild west kind of sin- like setting. 
you know there's no contracts there's like nobody you know like people like there's a lot of stuff going on yeah, in the scene so i think um that's that's teaching you a lot of things in like a street you know street smart kind of way mm-hmm. like you you just see very quickly what people's intentions are you see what they want you know it's like that's what you do all day yeah nothing but like what is he trying to sure, to sure. get from me of course basically. yeah and how do you coach yourself when you lose how do you train yourself to be able to come back and kind of have a a, a short-term memory i guess so you can come back and focus on being confident and having a powerful mindset in the next hand or next tournament i again i think it's um it's all about like what kind of decision you made and not about the outcome so again it's like am i happy with my decision then it doesn't matter what if you're not happy with the decision that's that's the issue is like then you're like okay that's actually the thing (laughs) the thing now that becomes more complicated is like but then that that process is a little longer it's like okay i'm i'm generally a person i don't like to make mistakes twice right so i'm like I want to, because I think that we made so many experiences in our life, if we would utilize them by actually extracting the value. And I think we intentionally forget a lot of things. We unconsciously forget a lot of things. And there's so many things we've done already. We know already. And uh, like you, we make this mistake. Sometimes we make them five, six, seven times without even realizing, oh, this is, this is actually something I can easily change. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, it's also okay. Like I made, a, I made something that makes me feel bad. I did something and like, why is that? Right. Like, why do I feel bad about? And so I'm like, just going on this, this, uh, research now is like, what, what happened? Right. So basically going to the lab, it's like checking out, like, what's the, what's the best play talk to other players and then fix this and set that frame. Right. So I will not make the same mistake again. Yeah. Do you think anyone can perform at the highest level at their craft? Um, or does it only work for certain types of people? I think, like, I think we're all very at the beginning, and that's why I think everyone can, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, I think yeah. There's some people that are better than others, and some that are like have have it easier than others. But I think relatively everyone can be excelling at this because I think very few people invest a lot of time in it. Mm-hmm. How do we train our minds to be able to perform at high levels? I think visualization is extremely important. Um, generally, I believe that having this, I think it's like a, it's a process that happens in your mind is you do something and you connect a habit with it. Mm-hmm. So whenever you do something that you want to train, you're like, okay, now I have this process that I pre preset that happens right after. So it's like, I have a habit that I don't like, so I put this process right after. So it's like, oh, I was tilting a lot, right? So whenever a certain situation happened, a, a bad player won against me, I was like, oh, this made me angry, right? So this, I don't want this emotion there. So I decided for myself, I don't want this there. So how do you but, get rid of it? Exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight, <laughs> right? So, but every single time it happens, I'm like, okay, I write it down, right? So it's like, every time I feel the feeling, I write it down. And then I write down why it shouldn't be there. So I was like, I shouldn't feel bad about this because that's the exact reason why I make money. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's the only reason why this game even exists is the luck factor. Right? And so actually, that turns now, if you do this 150 times, now it turns into you smiling. Because you're like, you realize, oh wow, this is actually, this is awesome. You know, because without that, like, there would be nothing. Yeah. And you've done that to other players where you're like, got something and exactly you're like, oh, right awesome. so then there's a lot of things like i did a lot of different things it's like for example every single time i do like the same thing to someone else i write it down too mm-hmm. i think generally focusing on positivity is also you like is so so awesome to turn around these things yeah um just in general broaden perspective and switch where i feel like you have this really stuck perspective just try to find a different angle mm-hmm. um about all the things that made me feel bad. So that yeah. that's my approach. Gotcha. What do you think about most of your time? <laughs> um, that's a good question and very hard. Like I can say it broadly is more like, um, I I feel like I'm uh, I like to play puzzles. I think this is generally how it like kind of di- directing things. Pu- like I'm, I'm never the person that is really like hands on, like executing, like mm-hmm. l- making it perfect. It's more like I just lean back and I'm like I, you know, like put the pieces together, the right people. Um, I think I'm very good at grasping eighty, ninety percent of something, and not good at the last five, ten percent. Mm-hmm. But that's why it has to be big because then a lot of 80% and a lot of different things, that's where, you know, the skill yeah. comes in. Yeah. Because most of the people are, you know, like a lot of people are like 95 at something and then they're like not so good at seeing other things and like connecting the different areas. So the bigger the project is or the bigger the challenges, and that's also I think why poker is a great area is because I wasn't, I'm actually not like, you know, I, I think the game itself, I wouldn't be like a, a world-class player. I'd be good, but I wouldn't be, you know, the top, top. But it's more the combination of everything, of, like, connecting the right people. Mm-hmm. Like, I had outstanding people around me. Mm-hmm. They all, we literally started all on the bottom, six of us, all playing, like, probably top 30 in the world right now. So it's like, yeah. that, And I think, you know, that's where I can soak up information. Yeah. Wow. And what do you dream about a lot? Um, that's a funny background story. I, I was dreaming a lot when I was a child, very, very vividly. I had a couple lucid dreams as well, um, which I only figured out afterwards because I had, um, I don't know exactly how do you call it, but I woke up once in a lucid dream. So it's like you wake up, but you can't move. Mm hmm. Um, and I've like my mom brought me to the hospital. Like they came, they came over, and like th- then that's. Was, so you woke like, up in the dream, but you felt paralyzed. Yes, because your body still sleeps. When but your eyes were open, or your yes, eyes were shut. My eyes were open, and I yeah. could, I could like hawk like this. <laughs> Dude, I have had that multiple times. Yeah, where my eyes were shut, but I was a, like awake, but I was paralyzed. Yeah, and I was, it's I felt the, like I was screaming. Yes, and nothing was coming out. Yes. And I've done this a few times, and then somehow I like scream so much in my lucid dream that I like wake my body up, and then I finally like let it out. But I feel like it takes forever. It's I, crazy, man. I, the thing is, I cannot remember. Like I cannot remember the feeling. It's more like this. It's, it's like as if I watched myself. It's scary. It it's like paralysis. I almost feel like my mom me. freaked 
out. It was literally like you cannot do anything. You just see someone freaking out completely. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know other people had that. I've never shared that because I'm always like, what is this? You know, I don't know. It only happens once in a while, but yeah. I and now and that's that's the part is like I had this and then like I I've, I've been bullied in school and it was like had a really bad time around that time because I I skipped a class and I was like maybe eleven or twelve, and everyone was like fourteen and that's like a gap where I feel like you know mm-hmm. just two different interests. Yeah. And um, did you skip classes or something, or did you skip? Yeah, grade, I skipped, grades or um yeah oh yeah I skipped I skipped one grade. Got it. And I got into school one, I like, I think one year early. Got it. So you were so, eleven or twelve when they were four, 13, 14. Yes. Right. So and I think that was a gap. You know, I was also uh-huh. physically a little weaker, and then it was like, just the thing of, I think, just you know, not when when you're the one, and and I think that was the turning point actually, where I was like, okay, I cannot be smart anymore. Mm. You know, you just don't want to say things anymore because like yeah. you just, um, so. Yeah, at that time, and that's when when these turned into nightmares, and that was like, I've I've, and that's also where the fear of falling comes from mm. because I I've like had a lot of these dreams where I was falling, like it was that's always the, the same. It was chasing what like, and that's the crazy part about it is like, um, now retrospectively, now that I had normal like normal dreams, I could change the world. Like I could literally like I could always change the setting. I could change different things, but it was always a chase. There was always something running behind me, basically, like whether it's people or animals or whatever. And uh, then the last part was always falling somewhere, like off a cliff or a house, whatever. And when I when I crash on the floor, I wake up. Yeah. And I had this feeling, and like, and that like, that feeling of hitting the ground, and it's just like you know, it just goes through your body, and you're like straight awake. And um, that was over like weeks and weeks, and I like cried myself to sleep mm. i was like not, couldn't sleep without light anymore i was like i don't i didn't want to go to sleep anymore and um then at some point i felt like my body reacted to this where it was like i just didn't dream anymore it was like this one point my comp- like everything changed i was like i fell asleep in like 10 seconds and i slept for 9 hours like a rock you could you couldn't wake me up i did not dream i did not move I um, just, you know, slept nine hours and then I woke up and I was like always like tired, really, really tired after I woke up too. And I felt like something just, you know, cha- changed in my, like it just blocked it out. Mm. So that was, that was an, that was an interesting phase. And that's also where I was, my performance really went down. It's like, really? I couldn't, yeah, no, you know, no, like this, no passion about things anymore. It was mm. not like... As a as a child, I was really like excited about everything and like very quick at learning things, and then it was just like, no, I'm I don't want to do anything anymore. I don't know about you, but when around three p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say: life is full of surprises, or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For twenty percent off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off 
When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. How connected to uh, achieving results is visualization and dreaming then. Since you weren't dreaming in those moments or being able to visualize in your sleep, do you feel like it? that was... I think it's a huge part. Really? I mean, just just uh, now that I can feel that it's getting back, it's coming back, like I, I sleep better um, and I'm actually having... Sometimes have dreams again and it's like... Mm-hmm. Because I also I also think about this a lot and like I try to figure out where you know like whether what's what happened. Yeah. Um, and do you feel like you're running towards something or running away from something? I think both. I think it's I'm not at the point where I can say you know it's only running towards something. I think it's running towards some things and running away from some things. What are you running away from? Um. I think the main thing is probably how people perceive me. Like I think that's and there's different that's both. Like it's I some things I tackle and some other things I don't. And I think it's it's these two things where it's like one is respect and one is fame. Whereas I feel like I I like now get better at not like I I don't care too much about fame. You know, I'm not like it's not like I need people like taking pictures with me or things like this, but I care a lot about people respecting me. Like why? That's that's the big question, right? And I think that has a lot to do with um just this the social setting, you know, I've always been in and like my my whole life, how I grew up, like all the experiences I made basically, all that condensed into like super high expectations through like you know, just being a smart kid and everyone, you know, my whole family is, and, and the worst thing I ever did was taking an IQ test. Like that was literally that moment that happened for me as a child, you know, I was just like another day basically. And I had to take one because of the new school. And then everyone was like, Oh my God, you know, like he has to do this. And then expectations just went like through the roof. And I was like, how'd I, you score on your, the IQ test? um, I think I did two, or three, and it was like somewhere. I'm not 100 percent actually anymore. I think somewhere 145, a little like a little under 150, something like this. And it was just like, you know, then they have this like, oh, you're you're blah smart, and and it was suddenly. Um, and I actually think I was just very good at the game, like the games, the puzzle, the test. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the test is not. It's not like asking too many different. It was all kind of the same thing. It was like this is not really such a broad spectrum. It was like all very 
kind of logic games rather than anything else. It's like, okay, this is I'm good at, but I'm not good at a lot right. of other things. Yeah. So I don't know about that. And then mm. it was like from that point on, there was no winning anymore. So that's why I was like, okay, you know, whatever you do, you, like you can be really good. It's like, oh yeah, expected. You're like, you know, you're not so good. It's like, what are mm. you doing? You know, mm. like, and then I was just, okay, at some point it's pointless. Mm. And I think that's where this comes from. Mm. It's like, I put this to myself too. I was like, you know, whatever I do, it's like, you have to be better. There's mm. no, and I think that's where the growth yeah. part comes in too. It's like both good and bad, right? Like I do it for, sometimes for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. What if uh, the people you want to respect you never do? I don't know. I think, I think it's a learning process. I think I'm I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. It's more, I think it's mainly what I need is to spend time with myself. Is really figuring out why do I need that, right? Because in the end, you know, it's it's you and yourself. Mm -hmm. Because everything you project, like everything's like, oh, how do others perceive me is only something that happens in your yeah. mind. Yeah. So if they don't respect me, you know, what, like what for? Why not? Mm -hmm. What did I, you know, like if if I can respect my, like it's all just information that you can process and, and uh, make something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, walk me through a hand. <laughs> a walk, hand? Me through, walk me through a hand. When you get two cards sent your way, mm -hmm. what's the process like for you in that moment? Okay. Do you I, have a routine? Do you have the same thing you do every time? What do you think about? Are you assessing the room? Are you listening to other people around you? Are you looking in their eyes? Are you looking down? What's the process? Okay. Let me Let me try to break it down so because i've i've been thinking about this recently and i gave coaching so like i i had to break it down before yes. so in a general way it's like i get two cards right so the first mm. thing i think about is <laughs> ooh. two cards okay just not two jokers though it's kind of sticky two cards here we go okay you have two cards then what so the first thing is like the setting of the game, right? Like this, this I know at this point is like, who am I playing with, mm -hmm. right? Like how many players are we? What kind of game are we playing, yes. right? So most of the time it's going to be some tournament setting. There's going to be blinds in a game, right? So it's like a small blind and a big blind. And I get two cards. It's like, okay, what position am I in, right? So let's say we're six players and now there's a big, there like a lot of things happen that aren't, really conscious decisions anymore. Just yes. like that happens like like this, right? So now there's six players and I'm thinking, okay, like I'm first to act, for example, right? So I know, okay, roughly first to act, I would probably play about 18% of my hands depend or like between 15 and 22, depending on like what the blinds are, how many, how many in, like how much is in the pot basically. If you're, if you're first to act, you'll play about 20%. So roughly, right? Roughly. Like it yeah, something like this. And then um, now there's basically, you have this baseline, right? Like you, uh, that's roughly. And then you, there's all these different informations that come in with every decision, right? So it's like, okay, what players are on the table, right? Are they more aggressive or are they more passive? So that's, right? So I have this baseline now and it's like more aggressive, I play a little tighter. So I open less hands. If they're more passive, I play more hands. Like the more passive there are, the more hands I play. Right. You might play so 25, like, 30%. Yeah. Exactly. So every information, the weight of that information is changing the way I play. 
right? And the more confident I am in that information, the more I will adjust my plan. So that's the two things now what I'm talking about is one is the basic strategy and the other thing is adaptation. Mm -hmm. So which is basically reads and information about how right. players play. Right. And so um, then also a lot of other things like um, the tournament setting, for example, right? Are we six players left? And there's like, what are the payouts and so on, right? Are we 200 mm -hmm. players left? Yeah, is yeah. There, so that also changes the situation. But now then I'm like, okay, I have this baseline in my head and I'm like, okay, I look down at my hand. I'm like, okay, a nice hand. So it's in this range. <laughs> yes. And then I, I open raise this hand. What right? if it's not a nice hand? Then I fold. Fold it. Yeah. Right. So that's the two. That's the two things. It's a nice hand. It, if it's in that, if it's in that range, that yeah. this is, and that's the thing where it's like that inconsistency, right? So there's going to be players that two things. One thing is they don't know the basic strategy well enough, and the other thing is they don't adapt well. Mm -hmm. Right. These are the two main things where you can go wrong. It's like, for example, they think you should be open raising 10% or they think you should be open raising 30% and then like they make a mistake straight away. Mm -hmm. And if they adjust based on that, then they make an even bigger mistake. Yeah, and they try to make up for it. And yeah. Basically. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is what happens. And then like basically this process happens over and over again on every single decision. So it's like next, you know, someone calls me for example and then, um, so let's say the big blind. So it's like fold, 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 fold and the big blind calls. So it's, it's you too. Heads up, right? Yeah. So two players in a pot. So you have two cards now. Yes. Right? I'll so a couple aces. <laughs> so here we go. Two cards. These are like sticky for some reason. And uh Yep. So Yeah. So now you get two cards and then you call, for example, and then there comes a board, like three cards, right? So now it's again, right? You you will do something, then I think about what do I want to do? Now that I have these, let's say, 20% of hands left, right? Yeah. <laughs> now that I have these 20% of hands <laughs> left, how do I want to play these, right? How much of these 20% do I want to check? How much do I want to bet? And then that's my basic strategy again. And then I, right. I look at you, I'm like, do I know anything about this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, what if you oh, don't know you anything know? about him or her? If I don't know anything about it, I stick to my basic strategy. Got it. But there's always something, you know. Like this is the this is the awesome part about it is non-information is also information. Right? And there's so much information. If I don't know you, that means you can't be good. Mm. Right. right? Because you, you study the game, you study Because I know way, everyone that is good. On the, who's on the top 100 list, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's like it is extremely unlikely just given by that I like it's kind of the counter equity, you know, mm -hmm. of like a probability is like if I know the top 500 players in the world, it's very, very, very unlikely that you're a very good player. Mm -hmm. So now that's the first thing, right? The next thing is I look at you and I'm like, okay, look, what, what kind of country are you from? What, what kind of population are you going to be like? What, are you, what age range are you? Like, what's your background? You know, what's, what's the, the value of, of uh, like materialistic, like right. what kind Not of watch do you watch, wear? Yeah. Like, Things like this. How? Who did you talk to before? How do you like look at your cards? Is it more a professional? Like, have you played before? Can I see that you actually know what you're doing? How do you stack your chips? It's all these little things that add up to like, on a scale of like, non-professional to professional. I can guess. You know, it's the same way you can guess. Oh, you're 28. You know, mm -hmm. or 33. 
It's like you just because you have why do you, why can you say that is because you look at eyes, eyebrows, mm-hmm. mouth, nose, face, wrinkles, and so on, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. I can guess. Oh, like you've seen a lot of people that are thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two before, and you you match. Right. So I've seen hundreds, thousands of people, you know, play poker, and I've seen so many different ways of playing. So I match. It's like how does he? Where does he match? And so then I'm like, oh, he's probably an amateur. So how do I play against an amateur? I'm probably more likely to bet. Right. So and then the, based on the next few cards, you it, assess it where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's basically that's always the de- in my head that's always the decision making. I have like a visualization of my basic strategy. So I have right when I think about the twenty percent, I have like a visualization of it. It's not like I think oh like I write down twenty percent in my head. It's more like a more like a square and then mm-hmm. I take yeah, yeah. like 20% square of that. Sure, sure. And then that's that left and, and so on. Yeah. Do you like to look people in the eyes when you're competing against them? Or? Most of the time, yeah. I think tells is a pretty big thing in poker. Tells. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's so, again, so many little nuances. Like I make a lot of decisions. There's a lot of very close decisions. And yeah. I think that I can gain an edge by trusting my instinct because people are generally not good at deceiving. It's just humans. Humans in general are not good at deceiving. Do you feel like you are? Mm. Or how do you misdirect your competition? I also, like, I'm on the lookout for it, but there's two things. First of all, people don't look too much at me. I think that's the first thing. They don't look at you. They look down or like, yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of people feel like they don't, like... They'd rather try to not give something away rather than to look at me, which mm. is also a reason why I look at them because it, it gives me this, like I can be more free, you know, like I don't have to look too much at what I do if I know <laughs> right, right. they don't look. Yeah. What's, what's, um, what's the big tell of <laughs> yes. someone else when you okay, know? Okay. Let me go through the list. There's, there's tons of stuff. How do you know when someone, um, <laughs> cause sometimes they could be like swallowing their throat because they've got a big hand or like, how do you know it's. And again, it's it's all. Do they have? I, I call it. I call it like. I think it's it's dumb <laughs> to say this is this. Right. Right. Like it's it's generally it's the same. It's never like this in life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's never like oh, when he looks at you like this, that is always right, this. Right. Right. Because fear it's, and excitement is the same emotion, so it's kind of like you know that there's certain people like yes, most people look like this, right? Mm-hmm. When when it's most people that cry probably cry because they're like they're um because you know like it's most likely someone died mm-hmm. it's most you know but it's not always like this could also be because of joy right 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 but it's less likely people cry way more often because of sad things <laughs> exactly. than because of happy things right doesn't mean that it's always sad mm-hmm. so i would say yes if you give me one to one on it being sad i take it you know so it's like this this kind of thing where it's just probabilistics. And then the the thing how I go about it is how confident am I? And the more confident I am, the more I adjust. So, for example, if I play against an amateur, I'm way more confident in my reads mm-hmm. and I adjust heavily. Like, I do really crazy things because I'm just like, I don't care what hand I have because I know, right. you know what, what You're you playing have. The, yeah, yeah. So, the more confident I am, the more, like, I just completely go away from my basic strategy, the more the adaptation uh-huh, happens. Uh-huh. So, it's like, when an amateur is 
like let me let me go through the list so it's like throat is really big like gulping um generally one big thing is also force looking like if you tr- if people are fixing one point like amateurs specifically because they don't want to look and give anything away so yes. it's like the harder they try to not give anything away more likely it is they don't have like they're bluffing gotcha it's really, because it's really like they're like this okay <laughs> it's just, it's actually uh, biologically as well it's like this kind of dead like oh, playing dead, dead. Oh. <laughs> um so if you're more relaxed and you're looking around and you're comfortable to look someone in the eyes <laughs> yes you might yes more likely to have something drinking is probably one of the strongest reads <laughs> really if people drink like they they have it a lot of times yeah they have it yeah yeah because it's just one of the most relaxed things you you're can like, do oh yeah yeah Relaxed. yeah you know it's just yeah um, so you take a drink like every hand you're like <laughs> it's a good strategy yeah right you never know <laughs> if if you're bluffing a lot yeah um then what else is there like generally um yeah pulse is a huge thing like pulse is, is crazy pulse like, pulse yeah like yeah you there's, can see I'm, the pulse oh yeah you can like, it's like and that's the thing where it's like I do that a lot in like tournaments where there's no time restriction so you can wait a long yeah, time yeah. like on the river mostly in big decisions so not in like small but like in big decisions I put them in an uncomfortable situation by like staring at them or making it really obvious like that I have a like playing with chips and like or saying something like oh, I have a really good hand or something <laughs> and, seeing... and and then the thing I just wait because mostly people relax slightly when they know that they cannot lose when they got something they're like yeah because you know like whatever you have your like, pulse is just naturally decreasing you're mm-hmm. excited like that's the thing as you said before like fear and excitement are really similar in the beginning mm-hmm. but they don't stay the same yeah Be- because fear is long like stays longer than excitement mm-hmm. and so the pulse is generally staying up when, or like staying high yeah. when they bluffing and then it yeah. goes like it relaxes somewhat so you can see muscle tension mm-hmm. right so when they like tense and then when they loosen up you can okay like right. this is also something yeah. so um hands is a big thing i, I think a lot of players have something with their hands is like something or there no actually the the um sweat sweat on fingers nose as well um but also like the color of the hands that's like a thing that I've seen with a lot of players is like really um and then timing like here especially here a lot of people that have thin thin mm. uh, skin yeah you can see that they get like a little like red or something or what really yeah like these these like patches or something huh yeah interesting very very slightly but I've seen that a lot of times huh. and um then when they don't have it then I Usually. It's more that that's doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have it. It just means something. Something. And that yeah. happens like it's just good to know that you mm-hmm. know there's something's gonna happen. Yeah. You know that like it really means that they are not interested. So yeah. some kind of interest. Yes. So you can adjust already based on that. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And then, uh, yeah, I think I mentioned I mentioned a couple of things. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. What would you say is the uh, – a couple questions left for you. What would you say – did I win the hand? <laughs> you did. You made a flash, no? I, I had an ace. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say is – uh, what has poker taught you about relationships? Um, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Um, I think the one thing I learned that, or the one thing at least that I took out for myself is I want mutually beneficial relationships in because I think that's the only way for it to be, be last like long lasting relationships. Yeah. And I'm way more. I'm really focusing now on what does it give me? What can I give? Mm-hmm. and it taught me that I don't want to be too forced in like you know we're friends for five years like we ha- you know now we have to like the sixth year has to be as good as and it's just like be free with people like you know some, it, things just change mm-hmm. and you shared the same you know 95% of the same interests and now you don't yeah and that's okay yeah I think that's a big thing and then Another thing is I don't want to be involved too heavily in business with friends. Mm, really? It's just, there's like, I have a lot of, I have a couple of really, really good friends in poker. And there's always this, like, we will never cross that line of 95% because there's always like competition and business involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we like, we deal with money, like we deal with money with each other and we sometimes have to negotiate basically I just don't want it. Yeah. It's like, I rather would be like, no, you know, I'm like, we don't do this. I like, yes, it would make us both money, but I prefer to. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's a tough thing in that, in that regard. But mm. yeah, this I'm happy. I'm happy to not, I'm happy like actually getting out of poker now to like. Mm. So you're retiring soon or you're going to be out of it or. <laughs> out, out of a lot of things in terms of um, the, the comp the very professional part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I, I don't see myself as being a professional right now. When I play, I play, I compete and on the best level I can, but I don't, you know, I play maybe five to 10% of what I used to play. Mm-hmm. So I see it as like yeah. low key activity. Got it, got it, got it. Um, this is called the three truths. I asked I ask this question at the end for everyone. So you're pretty young, you're 24 right now, right? Uh, let's imagine you have a very long life and you achieve everything you want. That's probably not going to happen. Let's just imagine that you accomplish anything you want. You have amazing relationships. You mm-hmm. travel everywhere. You launch businesses. And it's the last day for you. Yeah. For whatever reason, everything you've created has been erased. All the videos you put out there, the apps, the mindset training, everything you've done is gone. The business is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things you know to be true about all of your experiences. And this would be the only thing that people would have remembered of you by. 
or these three lessons or these three truths, what would you say are yours? I think the first thing I would say is that you should not get stuck. Like, don't get stuck in something because you think that's what you should do. Like, follow the things that you feel just what feels right. I think that's... The second thing I would say is to question everything in a happy way. Like not beat you up but just in a curious nice way mm -hmm. like why is it like this you know to like take it more like oh there's some some way to because there, everything is endless you know there's no no end to it there's always another there's always something new coming and and the third thing i would say is that be be true, like be honest and, and be, don't pretend. Mm -hmm. Like just be, take care of the people around you that you feel are like respect and, and value the way you are and stand up for them and stand up for yourself. Nice. Those are great, man. And what's the main thing you're, you're focused on now or how can we stay connected to you? Where do we uh, connect with you online? Yeah, actually, like the now that I kind of you know play a little less poker, um, the the big thing I, I focus on right now is really, and we talked about this before, contributing. Like, I'm actively looking for a way to do that, mm. and and um, so the company I started has that. That is the that is a long term goal. Like, I I really feel like the one big thing that is that has always been in my in my head is education. Is like I mean, call it growth, personal growth, like whatever. It's like kind of learning something in a way where you can apply it yourself. So you don't, you know, you don't need constantly rely on something, but like you learn something and you can use it yourself, and then you can improve it, build on it, give that person back, teach other people. So it's this like mastermind idea of mm -hmm. constant growth. Everyone is going in his direction. Then you share, filter it repeat like you grow this this is this is what kind of environment i i feel the most comfortable in. yeah and that's what i want to build in a company and that's what i'm working on right now so what's it called it's called primed and uh the idea is to launch this umbrella company which which now happened and um build a team that shares that mindset and be really free about it so like that you can do whatever you want basically mm -hmm as long as it's in that spirit, right? And like we set goals together and it's like we decide together is like this is the direction we want to go into. And it's like people take responsibility for their own stuff. And the only, like it's really this really, really broad thing where in that thing, like, you know, people can thrive. Mm. That's That's the idea is like really giving people space because I think that's what's, that's where we're developing into. It's like I, I personally cannot be in an area where it's like where you're caged. And I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that feel similar right now. Yeah. And I feel like there's not this opportunity and it's it's growing, but I I want to create that space. And so we're basically developing whatever comes to our mind. It's like 
you know, we started at the beginning with like, we launched a mindset app now called Prime Mind. And uh, it was just, we, I've been working with this mindset coach, Elliot, and it was just, you know, I love that. And it's like all my friends, everyone I recommended, he's working with a lot of world-class athletes. And, and it was just like, everyone loves what he does. And it was like, he only does private sessions. So I was like, let's give this to people because mm-hmm. we can. And then we made that happen. And the next thing was like, oh, we're excited, you know, about children education. So we worked together on this new app. It's about because every children educational app on the market is crap. It's just like, it's only about making money. Mm-hmm gamify it as much as you can but don't care about that tactic or like what that you teach them like there's the best one is half in german i was like how should they learn english <laughs> but so things like this and it's like okay we see something and we're like passionate about something it's just like you know let's just see if you know if we can change something this is like the the basic idea is to set to build that framework for people right. to like do whatever they think has the most sure. impact yeah Nice, man. What's the website for that? Um, learn more. So the website, actually we're launching our website and uh, we've just been, we've been working a lot on this. We want it to be <laughs> like, really, like we've been playing around so much with it. Um, it's primedgroup.com. You'll see, I think, new website coming up in uh, beginning of October. So that should be, should cool. be soon. And then primemind.com for, for the app. You, like mm. people should check that one out. It's, Prime mind. It's good. Yeah, app, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 a good free app. app or is it a Yeah, it's okay. freemium, you can use it. Sure. Um really important. Take time for it. Um this is really the main thing. Like we've had I mean the feedback has been amazing. We have like twenty five thousand in app feedbacks of like four point wow. nine That's out great. of five or something. It's like wow. every, you know, people have been and the main thing is take the time for it. It's really like if you if you you have to close your eyes. It takes 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You put in earplugs and you just lean back. And it's it's basically the idea is it's mindset coaching for a specific situation. So it's not like meditation where you're like, there's no kind of reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like oh, generally, okay, I'm, you're meditating, but what for? Yeah. And this is, okay, you have, you have a job interview now and you just want to perform better, right? And that's the idea of like why it, I use it for poker is if it's a, something high stakes, Right, if something is at risk, five mm-hmm. percent matter. Yeah. Right. And this is not gonna. It's not gonna be like, oh, I'm a completely new person, but I feel more in the zone. I feel fresher. I feel more confident. I feel like you know, I I, I can deliver. Yeah. And so you listen to it for a specific thing, and then it has an impact. Mm. So this is the idea behind it. I like it, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you being here, and Fader. I want to acknowledge <laughs> you for your brilliant mind and your ability to teach others how to master their mind as well. Because I think a lot of people are struggling with that anxiety, stress, fear, just confusion. And to share what you've learned on how to master something and give it to others is a great gift. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. The final question is, yes. what is your definition of greatness? Oh, man, you're you're like, there's a lot of deep questions here. Um, greatness. I think, I I mean, the thing is really with greatness, I think it's so relative. It is really like this word itself, all these words are so relative, right? Like we've been great at things years ago and now it's like not even remote to like remotely close to being great, Mm -hmm. right? So I think to me, um, greatness means that you're 
goal is to become the best at something specific, you visualize it and you put everything you have towards that goal. And I think that is, to me, um, people that do that, and there's only, like, I think everyone is lying to themselves when, like, nobody, A, a lot of people don't have that goal, B, nobody puts everything towards it. You know, it's like maybe a lot of them, 80%, mm-hmm. 50 like, most of them, 50%. It's like, you know, how do you... Um, so oh yeah my goal is to become the greatest at this and it's like okay how much time do you put into it and it's like oh yeah like 40 hours why not 80 right why not every minute you've got it's like everything I feel like even the holidays I took were towards you know this goal it's like even every minute I slept was like okay I was like okay just to like be ready again to do this there's like if I if I played soccer it was because I needed balance to like do this again, mm-hmm. right? So it's every sing I feel like every <laughs> single minute of my life was towards becoming the best at this. And I think um that was not that was not conscious, but I think it it can be. I think if if you want to be great at something, I think that's that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Put every single minute you've got into it. Mm. Peter, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. You're welcome. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one with Fetterholtz. If you did, share it with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 544. You can take a screenshot of this podcast that you're listening to on your phone and post it in your Instagram story. Post it on your Instagram page, Facebook, Twitter. Tag me at Lewis Howes and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode the most. Every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we bring the most inspiring humans in the world who can teach us something, teach us something that they don't teach us in school on how we can become greater in our life. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Very excited about it. So let's get the word out and make sure to connect with Fetter as well and let him know what you thought about this also on his social media. I hope you remember how amazing and unique you actually are. You're here for a reason. You're here to make a difference. You're here to live your dreams. You're here to love others. And you're here to fall in love with yourself. Now, these are all things that we need to learn how to do. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I hope this episode is giving you some type of insight or tool about how you can perform and pursue your dreams without buckling under pressure. We all have these opportunities in life to make something happen. But sometimes we allow the fear of messing up or the fear of not being enough hold us back. And I don't want you to be held back. I want you to be able to move forward with a passion and a poise and and a, a process. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. You are so meaningful in this world. Never forget that. And always remember that you're here for a reason. It's your job to figure out what that reason is. I love you. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. University. 
you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.